Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I am using technology again to uh, reach out to uh, influencers in other cities. And, uh, and uh, well, I've got a, a special guest back again. We uh, we did uh, we interviewed Franco Bezanais last week, and uh, his story was so compelling to a lot of people. Um, it really just uh, couldn't believe some of the things that he had to go through as a child and and all that. But uh, so but there were some unanswered questions that some people had. And so we thought we'd uh, have Franco back just to kind of give, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. And so uh, welcome, Franco. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm good. Good. Glad to have you back, brother. And you are so humble. And I know that you were like, you don't want this to be about you. You want this to be to glorify Jesus. And, uh, and, and we know that. And, uh, and I think, I think that came through in the first one, your heart and your humility. And so uh, anyway, thank you for sharing last week. It really touched some hearts. And uh, so Franco, I, I, I've got to, you know, there may be some things that you kind of wish you would have said last week and if so, you'll have an opportunity to to share anything. We want to bring people up to speed of where you are now, and but uh, but there are a couple of loose ends of your story that uh, I was even thinking about, and my wife was even probing me on some questions. But uh, about you know your parents. So I know that you know your dad had left when you were like real little, and then your mom kind of abandoned you, and you kind of you didn't really tie it in that loose end up of what happened with her. So let's start there, and then we'll go from go from there. Absolutely. So about my mom and dad, my dad, of course, he left uh, when I was three and never really knew him. Uh, I had an opportunity uh, to meet him when I was 26, all those years later. And what's amazing about that is uh, I had a lot of resentment and hatred. And, and, you know, I was very angry, bitter because he wasn't a part of my life. And I never had a father in, in my life. My mom never remarried or had another guy in my life. She just didn't do that. And uh, she had her own struggles. But so when I was that age, uh, it was pretty amazing because uh, I had to come with forgiveness and acceptance. And then I really wanted, I was looking forward to meeting him. I had this image that my mom had put up, which was maybe his past, but it surely wasn't what he was when I met him. He was complete opposite. So the, the bitterness came from what my mom would share with me about how bad he was, you know, alcoholic, angry all the time. And so I never had that, uh, met that side of him. When I met him, he was, he was humble. He was a nice man. And, and so it made it real easy for me to uh, even forgive him. Cause the first thing he did with me, he sat me down looked at me eye to eye and said, Hey, I'm sorry that I wasn't there. I do want you to know that I tried looking for you, which I knew he did. So he was truthful about that. Uh, and so that started a whole new relationship where I started like finding out about my dad, like, what is he like? You know, what, 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 how much similarities we would have, you know? And uh, so that, that was a, a process and, and that took years. So what I didn't realize, I'm going to show this about my mom. My mom has been struggling through all those years on drugs and alcohol and, and her demons. 
And uh, so as I got propelled forward with a journey and in, in, in my life, I always pretty much ran for my family because there were the ones I'm talking about my mom, you know, and then anybody else that, you know, that didn't want Jesus. And I had such a rough childhood. It was like I avoided them. But what happened, one of the things that did happen that was a blessing, I've been doing journeys for, I don't know, a couple of years. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of material to read, right? And I told you about struggling with reading, but I got better because God says, speak my truth. And uh, so what started happening is I ended up going to a Sunday school because one of the guys in my journey group who helps facilitate it, he also leads a Sunday uh, group. And when that was happening, uh, I went, I said, I'm going to, he support my group, might as well support his. When he got there, he handed me a small stack of papers and I'm, because this is what we're going to recovering and it was about heaven. As soon as I sat down, I'm like, okay, I do enough reading with the journey groups and I'm not going to read this little stack of papers. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I got to just get through this one service, you know, in, in Sunday school and then I'm never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I realize it was a service about heaven and study about heaven. It was like a six week course. And did I realize that God was planning for me to prepare me for what was ahead? Like I didn't know. It was so good of, of, of a subject, and it was a study that I really needed. God knew I needed it, right? Because here's what I'm going to share with you. As soon as I mean, I'm still in that Sunday school I, I attended for years now. Um, but what God was preparing me for was that I was going to lose half of my family, and that I was going to be prepared for it. See, the old me, if I would, what happened is a few couple of years later after I went to that Sunday school, my sister gets really sick. And uh, when I found out that she was basically, they were going to do surgery on her, they opened her up and she had cancer all throughout her body. And they didn't even do the surgery. They just sewed her right back up and basically uh, called family members and said, hey, she's very limited time. And so um, I went down there I don't know how much she really realized. My sister, this is Yolanda, the one that was on the bus with me. And the one that's not all there, you know, <clears throat> special needs. When I walked in. Okay, so my wife, we, before we walk in, we, we go down to the where they sell the flowers and everything, uh, you know, in the hospital. And, and so we're buying. I was going to buy flowers. She goes, no, no, buy her a teddy bear. I'm like, teddy bear? What is so anyways, I bought a teddy bear. She goes, hey, get that lotion, too. And I'm like, lotion? What do we do with lotion? <laughs> Misty had a, a plan I didn't know about. And so here I walk into the room. Now my sister was in the hospital. She was already playing worship music. It was amazing because I didn't know she knew Jesus. And that's all I cared about. That's why I was there. Remember, I was running from the family and now God prepared me. And God says, you are going to run to your family, not run from. And that was mm. different. Mm. When I got there, I was looking at her now just a real quick about her legs. One leg was already uh, amputated because she had uh, uh, diabetes. She lost when the other leg got uh, uh, some kind of spider bite and it was aggressive. It was eating up her leg on the other side. So when I was looking at her right, the only leg she had left was kind of black. And I'm sitting there. And when I walked in, I gave her that teddy bear and she hugged that teddy bear and saying how much she loved. It was like a little girl. That's the way I could describe she looked. She was all, Frankie, Frankie, this is so beautiful. And she was holding on to this teddy bear. And I was like, wow, it's just a little teddy bear. <laughs> uh, I'm looking and my wife hands me the, lo the lotion. And I'm like, 
She goes, rub her feet. I'm like, what? Rub those feet? <laughs> Excuse me, her foot. That's all she had left. Right. So I, I put the lotion on. I started rubbing her feet. You know what she said? She said, this is like heaven. Mm. And I was just like, wow. And, you know, so what happened is she ended up passing, um, but she knew Jesus. I had asked her. That was the first thing I did. The year after that, now, my mom, uh, you know, my mom came back into my life once I was looking at, uh, previously, I said I've been to prison four times. And uh, and that last prison term that I got was a very serious uh, charge. And I was looking at 25, 25 years because of my pr- prison priors and the fact that uh, it was a violent, it was, it was actually a strike because I almost killed a man with my fist. I beat him so bad and uh, he went into a coma. Thank God he, he lived. He came out of it. So anyways, my mom was there during that time. And all those other years, she was never there. I started seeing her in the courtroom, started coming around. So years later, she ends up, she's basically a wanderer and um, she was missing for many years. So that's why I came back from Alaska to look for her. And I came back to Bakersfield and I found her. And when I did, uh, she she was a lot better off. She wasn't on drugs. She was in a home. And and then go forward a couple more years is when she was basically dying. And I didn't know that she was what was happening to her. She was supposed to take care of something with with her that would have uh, prolonged her life. But she just avoided it. She's not a person to go to the hospital. She always she's basically like a homeless person. And uh, so when she ended up in the hospital, God said, run to her. And I said, okay. We went down to Fresno and and I went in the hospital. She had this mask on and it was like a ventilator, but she wasn't, this is not COVID time. This is way before. Um, so I walked in and I was like, mom, you know, and she's trying to talk. And she could barely, I could barely hear what she was saying. And I was like, mom, do you know Jesus? Now, not knowing that my mom has really never known Jesus. So that's what God, uh, that's what it was all about. He led me back to her so I can lead her back to the Lord. She accepted Jesus. And there were so many people praying, uh, praying on Facebook, like hundreds of people. And I thought she was going to die at that time. She actually got up and walked out of the hospital. Those prayers were answered. Mm-hmm. And a couple of months later, she's uh, we find her out on the streets. And that's, you know, and then she ended up in the hospital again. And that's when she passed. Um, mm-hmm. But then a year after that, my dad, he comes up. They drop him. Uh, he ended up, uh, I got a phone call working a fireworks booth, raising money for men's ministry. and. And uh, he told me that he basically uh, he had a, some kind of brain damage. So he ended up passing. I already knew that he knew Jesus. So God has been doing so many miracles in my life. You know, like he gave me a new heart, new eyes, and the things that he's done. So uh, another it, question was asked about. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say this. So you had, so you felt like you had peace with your mom and dad and all those oh, yeah. relationships before they passed away, which is, yeah. which is a gift. In the, in the old me, if I would have had to handle that without God, I, I wouldn't be here right now. I would be doing, going out the deep end because of, but there's so much comfort. Like I have, you know, I talked the last one time we talk about 
going to funerals where we know that people have been saved and what that it's like you instead i want people to not dress in dark black i want them to be alive uh, like be happy that i'm i'm in you know i'm with jesus like i'm mm. dancing with jesus even if i couldn't walk i'm walking i'm i'm doing everything i could and that's what i i i get out of it how to death the day so it's very important that's why i do what i'm doing so yeah well um yeah and so t- talk about uh your children you know with your your first wife or you know and, and there was a question about just kind of what happened to her and all that so she was the one who helped you get back to church get to church uh, that was a neat part of your story yeah uh, she played a big role in it i still talk to I, like i said my ex when i was in prison she had got with other people because i was in and out of prison so much so um, she had another child with somebody else. And today, to this day, I actually call her my own. She assessed me as her dad because I'm, I've been there more than anybody. She's the one, the five-year-old that raised her hand up and asked me if I was ready. We were just talking about it not too long ago, like last year. She says, I can't remember. She goes, I remember that. I remember that at five years old. I said, are you sure? She goes, Yes. <laughs> So it blows me away. I can't remember nothing at five years old. <laughs> she remembers that. And I think God used her. And uh, so I still call her, you know, like at, at every other week I, I give her a call. They live in Alaska. Her mom is doing really good. Her mom also fell away for a little while, but she's back on track and uh, she's doing quite well. So that's been a blessing. And uh, so my kids are growing up now and, and, uh, you know, I always pray that I, I didn't have, I didn't raise them in that circle of God. You know, I pretty much got it at a later life. So whatever God has planned for them, I'm all for it. You know, uh, we've been praying for our kids lately and we've had chances for them to come back around us. And my daughter's getting ready to be here next week. That's a, a answer to prayer. So she's 31 now, you know, okay. and so it, it's, it's amazing what's happening. Actually, I think she's 32, but. Anyways, those are good things for what's happened to me lately is, you know, I, I've been doing these journey groups since 2011 and, um, you know, 11 years later, I'm, I'm, I'm being compelled. And, and and here's the difference. Here's what I believe. I believe that God has picked me. Why? Because the change heart, that the heart that I've gone through. And I, and I just want, I, I love men that, are struggling and the difference is is that they can be propelled to to point them towards jesus you know and to me watching that guy that's that's basically just crushed and what god can do is so incredibly it's fulfilling for me so i'll never stop doing that and i and i feel that god has given me these new eyes you know like um you know faith that he has given me it is by faith that I've been redeemed. By faith, I've been created new. By faith, he's been able to use me. He has done so much for me. You know, Hebrews 11, 1, 2. Faith means being sure of the things that we hope for and knowing that someone is real, even if they don't see it. Faith is the reason we remember great people who lived in the past. So I like read these scriptures and to me, it's like God's speaking to me, you know, and and I think the difference is uh, I, when I started 
looking at my life and, and remembering I used to listen to Satan say I'm not qualified, right? You know, mm-hmm. he had he had telling me that I wasn't capable of reading and that I'm stupid. And that's not the case. God spoke to me and said, speak my truth. That's why I can read. I'm speaking his truth. And, you know, I'm not qualified, but I'm willing to do whatever he calls me to do. And he's the one that qualifies me. Right. Even Mm -hmm. if I thought I wasn't qualified, I can say, God, I am willing. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. And I can take it in faith to step forward and say, God, you're going to equip me. You're going to give me the words. You're going to give me whatever it is. And I have a, a bond. I think the way I've been doing this for so many years, I'm the hugger. Everybody knows. I tell them, like, if you meet me for the first time, I don't shake hands. I hug you because I didn't have anybody in my life. And so it's like the very first time somebody hugged me, I squirt up on him. He didn't even know I was getting ready to sock him because I've never <laughs> been hugged by a man. <laughs> and, and what's crazy is that this guy hugs me. And he said these amazing positive things. And then whenever he he ran off, it was like I it sunk in. Everything he did, he hugged me. I'd never been hugged. He said amazing words about God, and, and it just was sinking in. And then I looked for him because I was like, where's that guy at? And I, and I wanted to tell him something. And so I found him, and I walked up to him, and I said, hey, you know, when you hugged me, I almost hit you. Well, he didn't... I didn't start out that way. I said, hey, do you know that I almost hit you? He goes, for what? And I said, because you hugged me. And you know what he did? He hugged me again. (laughs) (laughs) This time I hugged him back because it was what I needed. God knew I needed that from a man. And so that forever changed my life. Well, and I want to hear a little bit more about what's going on with your church. But before that, I want you to tell me about your, uh, your wife, Misty. God gave you a God gave you a faithful wife and uh, tell a little bit about that story, how that came about. All right. So unfortunately, it's sad to say I didn't know God, but I've been married a few times and I'm a bad picker. I mean, I I, I didn't I just wanted to have family. I I didn't have it as a as a child. I just wanted to have this family. And, And so I was always having bad relationships and they didn't really work out. When I stopped trying is when God answered my prayer. He gave me Misty. This has been incredible. Uh, There's so many moments that I can tell you how God brought us together. And remind you, I'm living in Alaska. She was living in Bakersfield, although this is my my hometown. I didn't think I was ever going to come back. Uh, But God opened these doors. He he made a way when I didn't think there was no way. Of course, that's a song. Uh And, And so... It started out, you know, uh, somebody had told me to go and like, Franco, I've watched you go in and out of these relationships. And uh, I've seen you struggle. And somebody challenged me to go, why don't you just work on you? And I had just got out of this relationship. I had been single for like three months. And and she says, she told me, she goes, how about six months? I challenge you. Uh, and I thought for a minute, I'm like, well, I'm halfway there. I got three months already. I haven't been with anybody. I go, yeah, I'll do it. That six months turned into 10 months. 10 months is what's incredible is that Misty, uh, I heard somebody speak about tenfold in God's God moments, right? And this is in Alaska. So if you look at Misty, she had been single for 10 years and never somebody challenged me to 10 months. God blessed me by saying, there's tenfold. If you give me 10 months, I'll give you a woman that has been single for 10 years. When I met Misty, 
it was instant. Instant, I knew that she was the one. I love at first sight. I couldn't think of anything else but her. And and there's been a lot of God moments. So it's been a rapid movement. We didn't mm-hmm. waste no time. The seventh on the seventh month that day we got married. And uh and it's been God's been using us both. I've been able to uh uh she's helped me because there's a lot of things that I couldn't really see. She'd been walking with the Lord for quite a long time. Uh, me, I, I was fresh. I was hungry and she helped steer me. And there was a lot of things she would tell me, Hey, don't go that route, you know, and tell me why and not, not, not discipline me, but just share, you know, her views. And it was always what I needed. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's also being used for the longest time. I've been doing a lot of ministry stuff and, and she, at one point, she was like, what about my time? <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, I definitely know that God says, your first ministry is your wife. I'm mm-hmm. number one, my wife's uh, second, then my kids third, and then ministry fourth, and then my job. Mm-hmm. And uh, last. And so God really uh, opened those doors for me to where I could uh look at my wife and see her in a different view. So, uh, and she's, uh, and she's an emerging leader within the women and influencers, uh, women in yes. Bakersfield, right? Yes. They actually asked her to start doing events. And so here she is. And, and now she's getting her own women, right. And they're looking up to her. And so whenever I'm out doing something, you know, it used to be, I was trying to make room for her and just like, try to, she's like, no, you need to get out there. You, you got those people poured themselves out you know pour their hearts out to you you need to get back out there and she was pushing me away and i'm like what are you doing i thought i'm supposed to make you a priority she goes no she was right now i'm good god's got me i i um i just know the importance of what you're doing mm. and i'm like wow god this is so amazing so she is uh leading a lot of women right now she's helped uh, co-guiding journey groups uh, mm. which i do we do couples together that has been incredible. I've watched her. She's always been very strong in the Lord, but I've seen a different level come out of her. And she owes it to basically a journey. Same thing that mm. I've been. And mm. uh, it's been incredible. So well, let's uh, let's talk just so we just got a little bit of time left. But uh, I know that you were going to the journey at the main when they used to do it over in uh, at the one location. And then uh isn't it true that you had a desire to bring it to your home church, which is on the other side of town, right? Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about how that happened. Okay. So 2011, uh, I definitely was going to my church, which is Canyon Hills and uh, beautiful, amazing church. Okay. Um, what I've noticed through a lot of churches through everywhere I, I've been, I've noticed the women rise up. They rise up big and there's a lot of them. But the men, and even in our church at the time, I didn't really see a big movement of men. I just saw these women doing these great things. And and at the time, I was just hungry when I first got here. I was like, anything I can get my hands on, which led me to three different churches. I was anything men. Um, in 2015, uh, it was always happening at this one church on the southwest side of town. And you know, hundreds, I'm talking hundreds of men are, are being moved. And I, it was a Friday morning deal. So every time I went, it wasn't like I had to change churches. I just had to be available on Friday mornings. And that's nothing, 6 a.m. And uh, so I was doing that. And 
I kept watching, uh, you know, what was happening in my church. Well, they started seeing the difference too. They actually, uh, about the fifth year that I was doing this, uh, they did, the influencers decided to step out of the church and actually become in their own facility. They went and found a spot, which my church actually thought that maybe it was just a, one other church event that they were putting on. And I think they just, once they found out that it's a ministry of discipleship and how important it is. And so what happened is uh, the fifth year when they pulled out of the one church and then it, they realized that it was just a ministry that they really opened their hearts to go ahead and do it at our church. And that's when we had it. And in 2015, uh, they accepted 2016, we started and, and it was huge. We had hundreds of men come to our event and, uh, and I wasn't the, the leader at the time. I was just a guy that was co-guiding and uh, we had co-guides with us. And I, I was actually the only one that really uh, had all those years of experience, right? Everybody else uh, never really had that. And so one thing about the DNA of the journey, you have to go through it first before you can lead it or bring it to your church. So um, well, that's what happened. Uh, so they had made up all these groups and the groups weren't doing well because none of the guys that had done it had really ever done it. They were just given the material and they were saying like, hey, do this. So in the background, I didn't know that those groups were failing and merging together. You know, uh, so all I knew is that I had the best group that I ever had and I was moving forward. And so that after that first year, uh, at the end of our commencement ceremony, uh, our, our men's director said, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. It's a fail. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> no way. It was great. <laughs> so he then said, okay, well, how about if you run it? Well, again, I thought I wasn't qualified. I wasn't ready. And, uh, and so, of course, I prayed. God confirmed and said, through me, you are only through me. And so I took it on. That's how I got started on the east side. And mm. what I noticed was that it started, uh, you know, like, how am I going to get all those guys over there that, that thought it was a fail? Well, God, God had other plans and his plans were to bring other churches. There was so many people that showed up at our next year event. But one of the things I did was like, we don't care what church you go to. We don't care what denomination you are. All we care is that you want to have this abiding relationship with Jesus. And that's what we're doing. We're discipling. So I went around the room and I was like, just tell me you know, who you are, what church you attend, and how did you find out about influencers? And what I did here for the first time was all these different churches that were there. There were seven different churches that said, I'm from this church. And then what they were doing was, was trying to set their church up with the men's discipleship, the journey to bring it to their group. Mm. And I was like, wow, God, you had a bigger plan than I did. <laughs> every year it's multiplied. We've been growing and growing and growing. Some of the men that did attend it the first year, Kenny Hills, are, came back. They're blown away by, you know, how great it is and what it's doing and, and the fellowship the brotherhood, you know, and come alongside anybody and get an opportunity to, to point them towards Jesus, tell them how to have this abiding relationship. And it's been phenomenal. Mm. Uh, you know, God's used, used me in a lot of ways. Mm. 
That is so awesome. That is great. And I, yeah, I like the way you said that it's when it's kind of like a church program, it falls flat, but when it's a move of God, that's very pure and just spirit led, that's when things happen. Right. And, and, it, and we got to be willing to get out of the comfort zone, you know, like allowing other churches to come in is getting out of your comfort zone, you know, for some churches, right. Um, or some people. And, and I love that. I love that you did that. That's, that's so cool. That's kingdom minded thinking, you know, so this is one thing I, I once heard, you don't change the world by trying to change the world. It starts with you. And once you're full, then you'll spill out into your family and your family will spill out into the neighborhood. And eventually this is how we will change the world. Mm. This is how God's word is multiplied because what's happening in people's lives and what's happening in my life, I get to share it. I get to share hope. When I see a wrecked man coming along, coming in that room and, that's why I keep going. I keep going back. My journey will never stop till I see Jesus' face. Then I know it's over, right? Because mm. I'm never going to stop because that broken man and whoever is feeling incapable, God is waiting. He's waiting for you to turn towards him. One of the most amazing things I heard from a pastor was, he goes, Franco, he goes, I want to share this with you. He goes, you want to hear this powerful prayer? And I leaned in to hear this powerful prayer. And this is what it was. He goes, help he goes that's the powerful prayer and i said what and he goes yeah he goes because that's when a man surrenders he's mm. done trying he can't do it anymore he's given up that's when god steps in and says okay are you done trying let me show you what i have plans for you plans to prosper mm. you mm. well you know at rocky and i were talking the other day about um when you look, when you study the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the people that approach Jesus, you know, he didn't require people to clean themselves up and become righteous before they came to him. Did he? I mean, they could just come just as they were. They could just come, you know, whether they were a prostitute or a tax collector or a cheat or a thief, you know, they could just come to him like they were. And, and then, and then he changed their life, you know, and I think the same is true for us, right? We need to be like Jesus and be open to whoever God wants to send us and not make preconceived judgments about, you know, they don't have to fit a certain mold before we'll accept them in our group, right? I mean, it's, we, we just got to be like Jesus and accept whoever God sends us, you know, and then, and then watch God do amazing miracles like he's done with you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just had lunch. I had lunch with a, with a guy and, and he started telling me, he goes, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just not ready. And I said, you know, we'll never be ready. We'll never be ready. So that all you got to do is be willing, yeah, willing, willing right. to come forward and say, God, I need, I need you. Mm -hmm. And that's when he steps in and that's, it, it's beautiful. And so, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm here to plant seeds, I'm not here to water them, I'm not here to make sure that, you know, they, you know, I'm just here to share what God has done in my life and what he can do in yours. If he can take that, that homeless boy, feed him when I didn't know that he was feeding me, praying over me, everything he's done for me. It is like, wow, I shouldn't be here right now and doing what I'm doing, but I, I I'm doing it because God says, I'm calling you to love the men the way I loved you. Mm. That was unconditional. I do. Everybody that gets around me and knows me, they know I'm not there to judge them. I'm not there to, to tell them what they're doing wrong. They don't work. What, what works is the love, the unconditional love that he's given us, me, and then I get to share that with them and come alongside them. So. 
That's right. That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, I think our time is up, Frank. Thank you, though. I'm glad you came back with for uh, one more interview. You know, and there'll be more to come in the future. I'm sure we'll have you and I are going to be doing, hopefully, Lord willing, a lot of ministry together for years to come. Right? You know. Um, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Franco. Appreciate it. And any of you out there who missed uh, part one of the interview, go to our website page and go into resources and to our podcast page, and you can find the part one of the interview and, uh, or, you know, anywhere, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple and Spotify, we're out there on all those things. So, so thank you, Franco, Bez and eyes and uh, keep up the great work and uh, we God bless you. All right. Um, hey, I want to feel free to actually put my phone out there. If you, you can probably put that in there. If you really, somebody is struggling, they need somebody to talk to, and you can relate to what I'm, I'm doing or anything, I, I'm open vessel. I put my phone number on Facebook. I don't care. All I know is that God has given me that, that, that to be able to do that. So uh, okay. if you want to put that on there, go right ahead. Yeah. I'll, yeah. We'll put that out there when we put the, put the podcast out there. So yeah. Awesome. Franco. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, be praying for our women's summit, which is next week, which Franco's wife will be traveling over this way to our summit outside Tulsa, Oklahoma. So uh, excited to see all those women leaders from around the country. So it's going to be great. So anyway, this has been the influencers network podcast and, uh, Thank you for listening. I'm uh, Brian Craig. I'm here in Bentonville, Arkansas. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. Amen. Amen.